0: You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 32. This episode is brought to you by my brand new coaching program, The Launchpad, and you can check it out by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash launchpad. This program is only open for enrollment through Friday, September 7th. This eight-week coaching experience is all about helping you gain clarity, figuring out your next steps, and beginning to build a profitable business in a supportive and powerful community. So it's going to be super intimate. I'm only taking eight participants. So if you've ever thought about working with me one-to-one, I invite you to check out the details and see if it's the right fit for you. Again, you can find that information at keepchasingthestars.com backslash launchpad. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Welcome to another episode of Pampier Brilliance. I'm your host Monique Malcolm, and today I have another interview for you. Today's guest is Siobhan Sudbury, And she is the founder of Be Free Project. She's also my accountability buddy and one of my business besties. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today because I love supporting my people. And she is one of my favorite people to chat with and, you know, go through this whole creative entrepreneurial journey with. But let me tell you a bit about Siobhan. She's a clarity cultivator and the host of the Girl Be Free podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, you might want to check it out. Siobhan teaches women how to get unstuck, gain clarity, and cultivate the life they deserve on their terms. She's passionate about empowering women and encouraging them to show up for themselves and take action. And in this episode, Siobhan and I talk about some of the hangups that women experience around putting themselves first, taking care of themselves, practicing self-care, and She shares with us three ways that you can begin to gain clarity around what it is that you want for your own life. So this is definitely one of those episodes that's going to make you stop and think and reflect about how you're showing up in the world. And so if you're ready, grab your pen and your notebook and let's jump in. Hey, Siobhan, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.
0: You guys, I have Siobhan. And she's my accountability buddy, so there's that full disclosure. And I talk to her all the time. So this is going to be a really fun episode because it's already natural for us to talk. As a matter of fact, we were supposed to start recording like 45 minutes ago, and we've just been talking. So (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty much the story of our interactions all the time. But Siobhan, they don't know you as well as I do. So please introduce yourself. Tell us about your business and how you make your living.
1: Yes. Yeah, so again, I'm Siobhan Sudbury, the founder of Be Free Project, and I teach women how to get unstuck, how to get clear about what you want so that you can cultivate the life that you deserve. I like to call myself a clarity cultivator because I'm all about getting clear about what you want, shifting your mindset so that we all can be free and live the life that we desire you said how do i make my money so i there's a number of different things that i offer every single month i have something called the be free meetup where i get women together to talk about their purpose their goals and their ambitions in life and it's really just a safe space for us to network and have engaging conversations Um, i also have a membership site called the be free inner circle and it's basically i take my events that i have offline and now they're online and i have a community of women all over the world that are building community holding each other accountable and then i'm able to coach them and give them um, resources that they need to grow i also have products and then i also am a motivational
0: speaker yay so you do all the things i love it yeah okay so you do all the things you're you're a clarity cultivator but let's rewind and go back to the beginning how did you get started like why did you decide to create be free project
1: Yeah. So I was working in corporate America, um, very unhappy, dreaded going to work every day. Um, I had been at the last company for seven years. And what happened was the site closed permanently and everyone was laid off. And so when I got the news that the site was closing, I had like this aha moment where when the director had called me while I was registering my son for kindergarten and and he told me that the site would be closing that following October and it was at that time it was August. And in that moment when I got the news, like I heard something very clear in my spirit saying this was your chance to take an opportunity you know, this is your opportunity to take a chance on yourself. And I felt like, okay, I want to do something more than just getting another job. Um, I could easily do that with the degrees that I have, but I really wanted to do work that I was passionate about, and that fulfilled my purpose. And so I had already been coaching without a title for years and years. And so when I had a conversation with a really close friend of mine, I was like, well, what do you think I should do next? And she was like, you should be a life coach. And I'm like, what is that? And so I Google it. And I'm like, I do this every single day for free. Nobody has ever paid me anything. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to try it. And that's what I did. So February of twenty fourteen, after taking like a six week boot camp course and doing a lot of self discovery work and things like that, I launched a Be Free Project and at that time I was offering one on one coaching and Within, like, maybe the first month or two, I have booked two clients. One was in Ohio, one was in New York, and they both have booked a program for like $649 each. And so I was like, okay, then people are going to pay me for my services. And I've just been going full time ever since.
0: Okay, so I want to circle back and talk about taking this leap into life coaching before you're even ready because. By your standards, like you didn't even know what it was <laughs> before you started <laughs> right. and right. you were just like, I'm going to give it a try and and give it a go and see what happens. so, like, walk me through that. Like, were you afraid? Did you do any kind of research to prepare? Like, how did you get yourself psyched up enough to, like, think, OK, I'm I'm going to go for it, even though you weren't technically ready for it?
1: That's crazy because I've never been asked that question before, (laughs) but I don't know. Like when I was sitting in my car and when I got the news and plus, because I was already unhappy at work and I had been begging and praying to God, like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? And so I felt like in that moment, like this is it, like you can get another job if you want to, but why not? see if you can do something different. And so then when my friend confirmed like, oh, you should be a life coach, and then I reached out to other friends, and I sent like maybe five to seven people an email with very specific questions asking them, What did they benefit most from our friendship? What did they always come to me for? Um, And it was some other questions in there, too. And everyone said the exact same thing. You're very motivational. You're always positive. If I tell you I'm going to do something, you're going to follow up with me. And so I use that to say, "Okay, well, maybe there's something to this. And I figured like I can put myself out there. And if it doesn't work, I can always go back and get another job. But at least I tried something out of the norm. And that's it. Like, that's so crazy, because now I'm gonna have to think about this more. (laughs) But that was it. I just something in me said, you have to take a chance right now. And uh, I guess another part of this was, my daughter was transitioning into the upper elementary school that I did not want her to go to. And so I said, I was going to homeschool her. And so I said, okay, I'm going to have this business on the side or full time rather. And then I'm also going to homeschool my daughter. And this would just be a transition that we're just going to go into together. So it was like a little bit of all of that together.
0: All right. So it was like a little bit of leap before you're ready, a little bit of necessity and a little bit of like, we're going to try it and worst case scenario, it doesn't work. And then I'll just get another job. Exactly. There you go. You know, I, I, Bring that up to just highlight the fact that a lot of us don't even realize that we're going to build these businesses when we start to build them, and we don't have skills. We don't have a lot of things. Like the the list of what we don't have is so much longer than the list of our halves. But we go into building these businesses with this idea of like, if we could just earn a couple of dollars, like we'll do that. And then you know, fast forward some years later, you have a fully functioning business. But I think the important thing there is realizing that you can pivot if it doesn't work. You can change if it doesn't work. You don't have to get stuck on, I tried the business and it failed. And now you just do nothing. Like you don't stop. You figure out something else. You go get another job or you do something like that. You can still walk away and live your life. And I think sometimes we make out these leaps or these starts into a much bigger thing than we need to instead of just thinking about like if it doesn't work then we'll just go back to the drawing board exactly
1: and that I guess that was my mindset like just go out and try it and I once I got that validation from my friends and they didn't know at the time that that's what they were doing but once I got that confirmation and then ironically like when I lost my job there was this like I said, this six week boot camp on how to launch your business. It was happening like within a few weeks after I had lost my job. And I'm like, okay, this is perfect timing. And it gave me everything that I needed to get started. And then once I completed that six week boot camp, I did like an email and then I announced it on social media that I was officially in business. And I've just been growing ever since. So I really think it's just a decision that you have to make and not being fearful um, of taking that
0: step. Exactly. So a lot of your work focuses around and revolves around empowering women. And you just mentioned you sent out these emails to a lot of different friends and they kind of came back and said, "Like here's what you helped me with. And it was across the board. Everybody kind of said the same thing. So is that why you focus so heavily on women? Because I know like because I know you personally, like specifically, you only really want to work with women. Is, is that why?
1: Yeah. So The gist of my business is more personal for me um, because I was stuck for a very long time um, emotionally and mentally due to like childhood issues with my mother and then feeling stuck in my job, like even after getting like the degrees and not feeling fulfilled and knowing what I wanted to do when I grew up, right? And so I felt so stuck. And so once I started doing a lot of self work, I'm like, I want to help women who also are in this place or in this mindset where they don't know what first step they should take. Like they know they got to this point in their life where they're unhappy and they're unfulfilled and they know that there's more to life than going to work every day or being a partner or raising kids, like there has to be more to it than that. And they wanna feel fulfilled in some space and feel like, yes, this is a life I wanna be living. And because I desire that so much for myself, The way that I position Be Free Project is to be that space where I'm helping women kind of look within and figure out, okay, what are some areas of my life that I'm not happy with? And where do I want to kind of shift so that I can be more fulfilled in this area? And after I work on that area, let me work on something else. And it's just like this ongoing thing. But it is very personal for me because I didn't have anything like this when I was in this space of feeling stuck. All I had was Oprah. (laughs) And so now it's like, okay, well, let me help people where they're at and make it very simple and practical where you feel like, okay, I can do that. Like, oh, if she's saying all I need to do is like, meditate for a few minutes a day just to start to be more mindful. Let me try that and then we'll build off of that and do something else and so on.
0: You mentioned something that I know you're very big on and that is doing the inner work, doing the self work. How does somebody begin to do that kind of work?
1: Well, for me, it was journaling. Um, I've been journaling since I was 14 years old, and it has always been like a sense of, I would say therapy for me. And then not just journaling, but as I've been doing it for a long time, then taking steps moving forward. So for me, A lot of times I was writing about like, I'm just so unhappy and especially with the emotional stuff. Right. And with my mother. So the first step for me was I needed to go to therapy and just kind of heal from some of the issues from my past that were really causing me to be stagnant in every area. And then from there I built on, okay, well, what do I really want? And so. This may seem vain, but I, have, I used to have a lot, lot lot, of hair. Not as much as you, <laughs> but I used to have a lot of hair. And it used to be almost bra strap length. And I was tired of detangling and all this jazz or whatever. And I'm like, I want to cut my hair off. And there's this quote by Coco Chanel that says, like, when a woman cuts her hair, she's about to change her life. And so I cut all my hair off. And so that was, like, more liberating for me. So going to therapy, cutting off my hair and then starting to ask myself very specific questions. Well, well, what do you want? Like at the end of the day, what makes me really happy? And so I started writing those things down and not just writing them down, but then putting them into action. So for example, if I said, you know, running this business full time in a way that feels good to me. Okay. What does that really look like? Does that look like you need to make six figures or are you comfortable with making this amount of money because you are able to have more freedom with your time and all that jazz. So I just really kind of look within and ask myself specific questions and then I act on it.
0: Does that make sense? That makes plenty of sense. Okay. (laughs) And I have only known you with short hair. I cannot imagine you with long hair. Like I just feel like your (laughs) haircut is your signature look. So I I would be so shocked to see you with long hair.
1: I'm going to text you some pictures, but my hair is now my signature look because that is how people recognize me. And I do get recognized often sometimes being out and about. And it's because my hair is red and it's curly and short. And, you know, people like, oh yeah, you are be free. (laughs)
0: Okay. So talk to me about some of the common hangups that you see women facing in their lives. Because you, you mentioned like you started journaling you are asking yourself the hard, important questions, specifically like what it is that you want. Uh, what hangups do you see women running into when they ask themselves those types of questions?
1: Fear. Fear. And look, they need your fear guide. Not that I'm just here to promote you, but they do, seriously. And I'm going to be telling my crew about it. But it's fear. Like, they're so afraid of, well, what if this doesn't work? Or what are people going to say if I put myself out there um, and... I don't do it the way that someone else envisions it. And then it, I just, I'm a failure. And then it's also the lack of belief in themselves. Like confidence is huge. And depending on what you've been through, like if someone has crushed your spirit for so long, and then I come into the picture and I'm like, Oh yeah, you're great. Or you're amazing or telling you you're bomb and all this stuff. But if someone, if you've been broken for so long, it's going to be very hard for you to believe that. So what I see most often is that, is that fear. And that can be a fear of failure or a fear of success and the lack of belief in themselves and having like the self-confidence to really take a step. And when, and let me just say this because it's really important. When I talk about being free and living the life that you want, I am not talking about entrepreneurship. I'm basically saying that we all should live a life that feels good inside and out. So if that's being an accountant, a teacher, what have you, then you should be doing that. If that's running your own business, you should be doing that. If that's dancing or painting, somehow you should be incorporating that into your day-to-day life is how I see
0: it. Yes, 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 yes. All of that. And you know what? Entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. So Mm -hmm. even though my show is a business based podcast, um, there's still other ways to run businesses, side hustles and just extra pocket money. And, you know, sometimes people just need tips on how to live their best life because it's not all like I don't live my entirety thinking about my business. I think about it a lot. I'm not going to lie about that. Mm-hmm. But Me that's just the nature of, of having a business that you need to run, that you are really the face and like the driving force behind it. But that's not my whole life. Like I don't live to do my business like it's I just it's just a part of what I have to do to survive. And it's, it's, you know, I'm not even going to act like it's not important to me because it is something that I'm very passionate about, but we don't just live on this planet just to work, 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 work. And it doesn't have to be one type of way. So. I agree. That fear trap though.
1: (laughs) It's real. And even me, like I, and we just talked about this, um, maybe a few weeks ago, like running a business, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. And I just realized, but I'm working through it. So I'm, it's past now, but the fear of success, because when you have so much on you and the business starts growing, and what if you can't keep up with like the demand or what if, you don't meet other people's expectations as the business grows. So that's real for people and not just a fear of success in your business, but also in your career. You know, like what if you get promoted and now you have more responsibilities and you feel like you can't manage it all. And so you automatically kind of talk yourself down before you can even make those next moves.
0: You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Before you can
1: even do that.
0: Yeah. I I always think of it as like, when those those shifts happen, it's, it's time to stand up and deliver. Like, you know what you're capable of. You have to believe it and you have to go forward. And this makes me think about something uh, that I read. I really wish I would have saved this tweet. I, I read it maybe like a week ago. And um, it's about, it kind of references imposter syndrome. And the woman said, a mentor told her that whenever she gets an opportunity that she doesn't feel like she deserved, because maybe she's too early in her career, or it happened. You know, maybe she knew somebody else who was better suited to it, but she got the opportunity. The mentor told her, "Always earn it backwards." And what that basically means is, if you get this great promotion and you feel like, "Oh, I, I really shouldn't have got this promotion. I don't. I'm not quite ready. I don't quite know all these things." Well, obviously, somebody saw something in you. So now you go wow them, like you mm-hmm. earn that promotion backwards, you go do your work and blow them out the water, like you already have the opportunity, now deliver on it. Yeah. And I found that to be like such a, it just resonated so well. And it was so empowering. <laughs> and I'm glad I'm getting to say this, because I've been wanting to like, tell everybody this, but earn it backwards. Like, yeah. don't, don't worry about what did you give me the promotion? Like, was I the right person to give it to? You got it you yeah. got the opportunity. So now take it and run with it and, and do something great with it. But a lot of times we just get stuck in this place of like, oh, well, can I do this? <laughs> and why did you give it to me? I don't deserve it.
1: Mhm.
0: Take it. Don't yes. don't don't insult the person by by saying that you don't deserve the opportunity that they gave it gave to you. Like take it yep. and impress them.
1: Exactly. I I like
0: that a lot. <laughs> I'm so glad I got to share it. I've been thinking about this for like a week now. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about another topic that you are known for, and that is encouraging women to put themselves first. So why do you feel, because this is a a thing that a lot of women don't want to put themselves first and they feel guilty and they have all these hangups around that. Why do you feel so many women hold guilt around putting themselves first?
1: I think it's the way that we have been taught to live, like from our parents and grandparents and things like that. And I see it all the time where if I tell women in like the Be Free Inner Circle, my membership site, like, hey, what are, how are you going to practice self-care? And someone will say, oh, I don't have time for me today. No, 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 that's not acceptable. (laughs) Even if you have five minutes to go for a walk or have your favorite cup of tea, like that is self-care. I don't think that you have to overthink and feel like you have to have this spa day. And the reason that I focus a lot on putting yourself first is because I didn't do it. So again, this is very personal for me. When my children were small, I was working full time. I was in I was in graduate school and I had two small children and I felt so lost in my life. Like I was just giving, giving, giving. And I wasn't even pouring back into myself. I was a wife. I was a mother. I was an employee and a grad student. And I'm like, there has to be more to life than this. And I'm like, this is not fair. The way that I'm just giving and I'm neglecting my own needs. And so I had to kind of put my foot down um, and it wasn't anything that my husband ever said, like, here, you just take on all these responsibilities. It was something that I put on myself. So then I had to kind of reverse things and say, okay what is it do I really want? Like going back to those questions that I had to ask myself and I started spending more time on myself and doing things that brought me joy. Like if that was going into my room by myself just to watch my favorite TV show, that was okay. And I gave myself permission to do that. If that was launching this business and not going to work for someone else, I gave myself permission to do that. And I think we as women have to be more comfortable with saying, you know what, I'm going to do something for, for me and not being a people pleaser and helping everybody else because you're going to look up and it's going to be like you're 30, you're 40, 50 or 60 and you've given all this to everybody else and then you have nothing for yourself and then you wonder why you feel stuck.
0: Yes. Yes. Did y'all feel that? Did you feel like the intensity of her voice? <laughs> when she said like I feel like you got mad a little bit. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so what are some small ways that we can practice putting ourselves first?
1: I think we should put ourselves in our calendar. So using your planner or Google calendar or whatever you use and carve out one day per week where you're just doing something specifically for you. And I even before that, I would say, write, make a list of all the things that you enjoy just because you love it. Right. And then take things off of that list and start to add them in your calendar. So every single morning I get up at 5 a.m. and I do this morning ritual. And a part of my morning ritual is drinking coffee. (laughs) I love my coffee and I enjoy it. And the house is quiet. I don't have to hear my children, anything like that. And that is my self-care time and that, and they all know like, when well, my door is closed. You do not open it because I'm more than likely I'm meditating. I'm doing my ritual. I'm drinking my coffee. And so I think when we start to figure out what we enjoy, what we love, what is our type of self-care, adding that to your calendar and then actually like putting those things into practice coffee,
0: coffee, coffee. My um, I used to love that five o'clock time and doing my morning ritual. But now I've convinced my husband to go with me to the gym. So that five o'clock time is like me dragging myself to put on my gym clothes so that we can go lift weights. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not as excited about getting up at five o'clock in the morning as I was before that. But it's always nice to be able to get that morning workout in. You never really are angry about the workout that you did so right okay so talk to me about some of the challenges that you have faced running your business
1: oh we just got to talk about this I know. oh my god you know what one challenge right now and I got to keep putting it out into the universe because I need to attract what I need um but not having help and not having a team um so i've been running my business for four and a half years now and i've been doing it all by myself and i do a lot and every time i run down the list of all the things that i do people are like whoo you do all that on a di- in addition to homeschooling my children being a wife i have an aging grandmother like there's a lot and so the challenge is trying to get all the things done in any given day And I am not the best at prioritizing things. So it's almost like, okay, this needs to get done. Okay, let me move to that. And then I'll come back to this. And I have not, I need a person. I need my person, Um, like an an admin assistant or something to kind of help me because that is a challenge trying to do all the things. But I'm very passionate about the work and it has to get done. Um, So I would say that that's the biggest challenge right now is not having a team to kind of pass things off on to.
0: (laughs) Amen. And I can relate, you know, these solo businesses. On one hand, there's a lot of pros. And it seems like the great way, like, I'm going to be have this independent laptop living lifestyle, and I'll be able to work from anywhere. And it'll be great. And it is great. But there's also a lot of things that fall on your head when you are a solo based business, a lifestyle business or a business that you are like the face of the brand. You wear all of the hats and you do all of the things. And I, I know I'm a big person that says like, well, outsource, but I'm going to be honest. It's hard to find good help sometimes. Yes. yes. It's hard to find affordable help. And this is a, a something that Siobhan and I were literally just talking about because I was saying, you know, sometimes you got to pay for what you want. And I'm totally down with like paying people for their services. But sometimes you realize like you just need somebody to do this one specific thing but it's not like a thing that you want it to be a huge expense. Mm-hmm. For example, I had a podcast assistant earlier in the year and I decided we parted ways. And so now I want to fully outsource the podcast, have somebody edit the show and then have an assistant do all the uploading and scheduling, all of that stuff. So that way, all I'm responsible for is the recording because so this is the part of the show I can't outsource. I have to do the interviews because it's my show. Because I, I want to be able to do other things in that time. It takes me an entire day to edit, to record, edit, write show notes, upload, like all that stuff. By the end of the day, like if I do a whole show in one day, I don't want to do anything else. Like I'm done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's That's a whole day that I lose in the week. So I want to outsource out pieces to other people. But when I express this to people who are like virtual assistants things like that, the cost can sometimes be more than the podcast editor. Right. And I'm like. Right the work that I want you to do is like literally copying and pasting. Like you're not creating any content, you're not proofreading, like you're not doing anything but copying and pasting these things to where they need to go and then scheduling them to publish on time. And so that can be hard too, is like finding people who can do the work that you need at an affordable rate that makes sense for the level of work. Like if I needed somebody to write a blog post Obviously, I want to pay them a good amount of money because they're writing content. But if I need somebody to like copy and paste a blog post, I don't want to be paying them a ridiculous amount of money for that because it's not really, you know, specialized work. It's something I could probably make my son do. So it's, it feels weird to say that, but it's, it is true. This is a a challenge that small businesses face, like trying to find help that works for them and that works for the other person in a way that's like fair and equitable.
1: Right. And I have had my share of people (laughs) that have come in and out and it's, It's like, if I'm going to pay you this amount of money, I can do it myself because it's really not that much that I'm asking, especially with the project that I'm working on right now. And if you're going to think, oh, because I see your brand online and you appear to be booming and all this jazz, oh, I'm going to give you the higher ticket price. Well, that's not fair. And so then I'm just going to dismiss it all together and just continue to work on it myself. So I agree with you. Like You want to have someone that can do these tasks, but not trying to charge you an outrageous amount of money for something that you can do in a short amount of time and you know it's not going to take that much work exactly
0: (laughs) this is just keeping it real yes all right so at this point you've run your business for four and a half years you've learned a lot You've coached a lot, you've put on your own events, you have a podcast, you have your member site. like you you have a range of things that you've done in the last four and a half years. What do you feel has been your biggest lesson learned so far on your journey?
1: Mm, I think, and this is something I just learned the other day <laughs> um, is to know my worth. Like sometimes because I'm in it and I'm doing it and I'm working it, I don't see Be Free Project the way that other people see it because it's my baby. But when I run into people in the streets, (laughs) in the streets or at events and things like that, and they are like one lady cried recently when she saw me and I'm like, oh, girl, please no, I am just a human being and all that jazz. But like knowing what I bring to the table and that I am influencing lives and making an impact and not. So that's one part of it. And then the second part is not to cheapen myself to make other people comfortable. And I've done that in many cases when it comes to speaking, just accepting what people will pay me versus feeling like, no, this is my worth. And this is how much I want you to pay me based on what I bring to the table. And so this is something that I am working on and have been very mindful of knowing the value that I bring and the influence and, um, The value, the influence that I bring and being okay with how other people view me and not letting that make me feel uncomfortable, if that makes sense.
0: No, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So at this point, we're getting close to the end. It's time for my favorite part, the Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge. And so Mm -hmm. this is for the listeners, the people who have listened to this episode. And they're like, yes, all of that, Siobhan said, yes, I want that. She's going to share with us three ways that you can gain clarity around what you want.
1: Okay. So, and it's going to tie into what I shared earlier. Number one is to ask yourself very specific questions about what you want for your life. So if you were to think about where you're at today, a year from now, what do you want your life to look like? What makes you come alive? What type of relationships do you want? Um, How much money do you want to make, right? Where do you want to be in your life? And get very specific and to put that in writing. Um, number two, I would say is once you answer those questions and you do that reflection and you put it in writing, then you make it visible. So it's something that you can see all the time and you know what you're working towards. And then the last piece, and this is where I feel like people drop the ball at a lot is that they don't take action, right? And so they're afraid to take those steps. And so I think it's very important that, Number one, you don't put a lot on your plate, but that you take action and all it has to be is like little small steps every single day. So for example, if you want to write a book, right? Okay, write your outline, start to share a little bit on social media, and every day just do something towards writing that book. And then, you know, one day you'll have one just like yourself. (laughs) I feel like I'm all about promoting you here.
0: (laughs) Oh, you know what? Listen, this is a good time to mention the fear guide. If you have not gotten a copy, you need to get a copy. Because it's it's been um like Siobhan said, like changing lives and that, that transformative thing. I think of anything that I've written in the last gosh, nine years since I started working online, it that is probably like the most impactful thing that I have written because it's it's what I believe and it's it's what I champion for and it's what I tell people when I meet them in person and they tell me their ideas and their goals and I'm just like, do it. But so many of us are blocked by fear. And it goes back to what I was saying earlier in the episode, Like, it doesn't have to stop your life if you make a decision to go for something. Like you can come back and just do something else, change courses if it doesn't work out. But too often we just get caught up in this, well, that didn't work. And we feel like failure is the a stop sign instead of failure just being like maybe a detour. And maybe this detour, you're going to learn something important on the way, and that'll help you when you get back on the right path. So thefearguide.com, if you haven't gotten a copy, there's a free digital download, so you really don't have an excuse. You can get a physical copy. It costs five bucks. You can get a digital copy for free. It's there, thefearguide.com. So to recap your three ways, you said the first thing is to ask specific questions about what you want from your life. I already forgot the second way. The
1: second one and I actually tied it in together, but um putting it in writing. <laughs>
0: putting it in right, writing. So,
1: yes. Then making it visible and so that it's something it that you see it all the time. And then lastly taking action. And taking, and taking action those
0: small steps, yeah. Yes, and that's doing the work. That's that's holding yourself accountable and that's just taking tiny steps. And this is like this is my thing. Like it's my soapbox and I could just yell at people for days and days and days about it. Like All of your actions don't have to be these huge, grand declarations of effort and triumph and struggle and sacrifice. Like taking action. Some days it just might be sending one email and that's Mm -hmm. all you got. But you did it. (laughs) Some days it may be something harder, like you need to sit down and plan a webinar or you need to sit down and try to knock out 1000 words. But every day is not like that. Like you don't have to, your action doesn't require like a certain level for it to count as action. It all counts, even when it's a teeny tiny step. And I, I feel like if I could get more people to understand that and lock that in their brains and commit to doing that, like, we wouldn't have so many people who were feeling stuck in So many ideas locked in your beautiful, brilliant brains. They would be out into the world for all of us to benefit from.
1: Yes, yes, yes. All of that.
0: (laughs) All right. So Siobhan, what are your degrees in?
1: Oh yes, so I have a bachelor's in business information systems, and then I have
0: a, a master's in marketing and communications. I thought you had something in library science. Did I make that up,
1: girl? Well, so <laughs> I went to school to be because one of my friends said, "Oh, you should be a librarian." I'm like, because I love books, right? And so I was like, "Oh, okay." And so I signed up to. Oh my goodness! My children were younger, and so I signed up for this online program, and I did not even finish the full quarter because those online classes can be harder than sitting in class because they feel like you just have all the time in the world. And I ended up withdrawing. And I'm like, why did I do that? Like, why did I <laughs> sign up to become a librarian just because I love to read? And that was a big mistake in my life. Listening to other people in that way.
0: Oh gosh. Well, <laughs> so now, that's where you
1: got that from. <laughs> yes yeah, so
0: I was say. Well, now I feel like that kind of like negates what I was gonna say because I was gonna say. Uh, Ah, Siobhan has a degree in library science and she's the one person I know who like really utilizes her library, which is so funny to me. And <laughs> it's totally off. Oh man. But um but you're a big reader. So what have you read recently that you would suggest or or what are you kind of into that you think other people would benefit from reading?
1: Ooh, so I have to share two books. Um one book that I tell everyone to read is the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And basically it's a really simple book. And it's all about the, um, the four agreements are to always do your best, be impeccable with your word. Um, don't take things personal and don't make assumptions. Now it's very practical information. However, applying that day in and day out is a task and it's a very small little book, but it's one of those books that you can reread over and over again. And always get something new from it. So that's the first book that I recommend. And then right now I am reading Building a Story Brand by Donald Miller. And it's about clarifying your message so your customers will listen. And I am really enjoying it. I'm about halfway through um, because I want to kind of clean up my message a little bit and making sure that it's clear in the way that I envision it is what I am putting out in the world. So it's really a really great marketing book for that.
0: Awesome. So I will definitely add those into the show notes. And if listeners want to get in contact with you, Siobhan, where can they find you online?
1: I am everywhere at Be Free Project. So Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. And then my website is BeFreeProject.com. And as you mentioned earlier, I do have a podcast called Girl Be Free. And every week is pep talks and me inspiring you to show up for yourself.
0: All right, you guys. So check her out. Like I said, she's my accountability partner. She's one of my business besties and like my girl boo. So this was so fun having you on.
1: Yay. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun.